It's me, Natalie Imbruglia. What? Oh, she here laying naked on the floor. <laughs> oh, Kylie just showed us a beautiful meme, I would say. Yeah, it's a And meme. it really set us off on a, a, a Natalie Imbruglia torn uh, kick. But really, we're the Golden Ghouls. Alyssa. Kylie. Emily. And it's time to get spooky. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah. I tried it. I did a little freestyling. You're feeling it tuned I am. After I realized my uh, vocal potential, I said, why not? Why not? Take a crazy chance. Take a crazy chance. Why not do a crazy dance? What are we talking about today? Um, paranormal hoaxes. Dude. This is going to be entertaining. It truly is. I mean... It really is. Yeah. What else can I say about that? The other stuff than... that's out there mm-hmm. blows my mind. It blows her yeah. mind. It blows my damn mind. It boggles mine. <sighs> I said that my mind was boggled by something today, and people looked at me like I was boggled. I have uh. an assignment for all of you. Use flabbergasted sometime this week. Okay. All right, in a sentence, or just, just, can I just say it? Flabbergasted. <laughs> in the context. My team is used to that, you know? It's just how you're yeah. feeling. Just a, Maybe just, just a loud, you know? Flabbergast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm. Who wants to yeah. first? Um, whoever, you know, whatever. Uh, you guys. Okay. You just Kylie, sign. kick it off, kick it off. All right, I'll kick it off. So kick it off. I'll kick it off. Go Pats. Go Pats. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Alien autopsy. <gasps> Have Uh-oh. you heard of this? 1995. Yes. No, what? What a year. I don't know about this. So. The alien autopsy, 17 minute black and white film depicting an alien autopsy. Exactly what the people say. It's an alien autopsy. Crazy. Uh, on on cable TV. Um. That's a good oh, question. you gotta tell me the network. Oh, who was network. who was Listen, showing it? It was ninety five. It was ninety five. Oh my god! It was Fox, obviously. Oh, it was. It was. Was it live Are on Fox? Surprised? Fox News. Um. Well, it was a film, so it wasn't live. It was seventeen minutes. Oh. So it was just a program, I'm sure. Okay. But. Okay. It was released ninety five by London based producers Ray Santilli and Gary Shufield. And this so called alien autopsy film showed three government pathologists in full body hazmat suits <gasps> dissecting the heck out of a pale, pot bellied corpse of an extraterrestrial being. Me? Yes. It Alyssa. <laughs> And here's the kicker. Here's the real kicker. Oh, God, tell me. This extraterrestrial being was presumably recovered from a UFO crash at Roswell in 1947. What is this? I've been to Roswell. I've been to Roswell, too. And the only thing that feels, like, spooky about it is... Is, is the town. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's a very lonely town. It's, it is, and they're just, like... Out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's out in the middle of nowhere, and also they're, like, living off the fact that people come there 
for the aliens. Dang. And they did. And well, everything do. is alien themed. Super yeah. weird. Uh-huh. I went to a Mexican buffet there and it was the worst <laughs> thing that's ever happened to what? me. What? Why? So sorry. It was bad. You just went to Roswell for a Mexican buffet. No, 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 no. Yeah. So <laughs> we <laughs> we went to Riadoso for <gasps> Bronwyn's birthday a few years ago. Hashtag Bronwyn's Riadoso birthday. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the way there we went to Roswell and we checked it out and it was, it's a weird, weird, weird place. Yeah. yeah. I've been through Roswell a lot. We have a, a oh, yeah. little cabin in Rio Dosa. Yes. Yeah. Oh. So next time Bronwyn's <gasps> birthday's up there, or let a ghoul know. We should do a little investigation. I mean, for sure we should. Yeah. It's hard to say what we'll do, but. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so on Fox TV, did they say this was a real alien from Roswell? Well, were, were they trying to I pull it off? I don't think there was anyone reporting on it at the time. I'm I'm sure right after the film, but this just came out. It was shown mm. on. They were like, Fox. "Let's just see what people do." Yeah, love it. Also, alien artifacts, supposed items recovered from the crashes site back in 1947, were depicted in the footage. So these included alien symbols and six-finger control panels, which Santilli describes in the Sky documentary as being the result of. Artistic license. Hmm. Wow. So, obviously, people were like, okay, prove this is real. Mm-hmm. And poor Ray Santilli became a bit of a joke for not admitting that it was a hoax and for not providing any, like, legitimate sources. He was kind of just like, oh, no, no, this is real. And then someone would be like, well, what about this? And he's like, oh, well, uh, because of this. You know, just, it was obvious that he was fibbing. Mm-hmm. So, in 2006... Eamon Holmes, an Irish journalist, did a full investigation documentary of the alien autopsy, and he interviewed Ray Santilli and good old Gary Shufield, and they finally admitted that the film was not authentic, but rather a staged reconstruction of real footage he had claimed to have viewed in 1992. He said that the footage could not be used as it is it had deteriorated over time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ray claimed that a few frames from the original were embedded in his film, but he never specified which ones. Interesting. Sounds a little sketch, Ray. Has anyone seen the original? We gotta watch I it. I haven't. We gotta watch it. I'd like to see it. Yeah. So he's still unable to admit that he's fit. Wow. So I in... feel like we could sue him. <laughs> For this, <laughs> you know, yeah, like you're like lying to me and, personally, and my I have, and it's like breaking me down as a person, yeah, you know, it's like it's physically affecting me now. Mm-hmm. So, my family is not your Halloween costume, exactly. You know what I mean? She's right. So, the Eamon Holmes um, investigation documentary it also had footage provided by Ray Santilli of a man reading a statement verifying his identity as the original cameraman and the source of the footage. Then, afterwards, in the documentary, Santilli and Shufield admitted that they had found an identif- unidentified homeless man <gasps> on the street. Oh of my Los god! Angeles, persuaded him to play the role typical, of the cameraman. Typical. And filmed him in a motel. Jesus <laughs> y'all, 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 y'all remember that GoFundMe account with the homeless oh, man? Oh, yeah. So mm. many of those. Uh-huh. Y'all hoaxing out there. They Stop. do. They Stop. do. Stop. That's another hoax. Not of the paranormal Not variety. Not of the paranormal, but, but <sighs> they Damn. were hoaxing with the homeless. Mm-hmm. 
That's not, that's uncool. See, this is pretty. Yeah. This is what will happen if you continue hoaxing. What? So all of Jail. the drama. <laughs> worse. <laughs> oh God. All of the coverage of Ray being an absolute knucklehead and fibbing, uh, and all this drama was adapted as a British feature film comedy <gasps> in Autopsy. Oh my. This is in 2006. And the film presents a humorous reconstruction of the making of the Santilli film based on all of Santilli's statements. So we're also going to need to watch that. Wow. How embarrassing Mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, at the same time, maybe there's a chance. Maybe it's a chance it's real. Maybe there was a real one that he saw. I I will have to see it to believe it, but... We'll have to see it with our own eyeballs. It's true. Yeah. I got another one for you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Have y'all ever heard of the Cottingly Fairies? No, but I've always wanted to meet a freaking fairy ever since Fern Gully. All right, so this happened in West Yorkshire (laughs) in England, and I got a lot of this information from hoaxes.org. Great site. The Museum of Hoaxes, as they call it. Shout them out. Shout them out. So I have to ask y'all, did anyone see Fairy Tale, A True Story? Came yes. out in 1997. I lived for that I shit. That I've never seen that. Oh my god. I'm gonna look it up right okay. now. Heavy, right? What? Well, it's Am based else? It's based on this. Oh, it Although, is. it was a lovelier version. Oh, so, this looks right up my alley. So if y'all have seen that, you might kind of... You might kind of know this story because it takes a lot from that. So, anyway, 1920. This series of photos of fairies captures the attention of the frickin' world. So, <laughs> the photos were taken by two young girls. They were cousins, Frances Griffith and Elsie Wright. And they say that they took them while playing in the garden of Elsie's Cottingley Village home. So, photographic experts examined the pictures and declared that they were genuine. Mm. And spiritualists promoted them as proof of the existence of supernatural creatures. Which is like, when they were like, these are genuine. Like, they were like, there's no signs that these were painted on. I'll tell you. Okay. We'll get we'll get into more specifics. So, this is just kind of like a synopsis of what happened. Yeah, okay, sorry. So, I, have, I just question. I know yeah. you do. I know. We have to. So, the spiritualists were promoting them as proof, and despite criticism criticism from skeptics, the pictures became among the most widely recognized photos in the world at the time. Oh, wow. So, this shit was popping off. So, let's backtrack a little bit. So, it's July 1917, and the two girls asked to borrow the camera of Elsie's father, telling him that they wanted to take photos of the fairies that they'd been playing with in the yard all day. And he's like... He's like, what? You know, he kind of laughed it off. Hello? He showed him how to use the camera, <laughs> let them go on their way. So an hour later, the girls returned, declaring it was a success. They got the pics. We got the pics. They got, they got the pics. That's got what they said. The they were like, this just in. We got the pics. Yo. So... <laughs> <laughs> that was so unnatural. So... <laughs> Yo. Yo. So when Mr. Wright developed the plate that evening, he could see that there were indeed fairies posing among the girls in the photo. What the... And there was no Photoshop at this time. For, For sure. sure. I mean, the 20... I mean, well, you know, but it would take work. 
Yeah, but then he kind of dismissed their explanation and assumed that it was some kind of trick. And he asked Elsie whether there appeared to be bits of paper in the photo. She was like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's my fairy girl. That's the fairies. Hmm. So, even when the girls took a second photo a month later showing Elsie with a gnome, the father treated the images as a joke and filed them away. A real gnome. So now we got gnomes. Gnomes. Now we got gnomes out here. A breathing gnome or a garden gnome. A real gnome. I was a gnome for Halloween one time. I love that. And and we took a bunch of pictures in our friends' yards because we because we would gnome them. You got gnomed. (laughs) Do you have your mom needs to send us pics of that? I have a pic. I have a pic. All right. So Elsie's dad's like this is bullshit. But Elsie's mom, Polly Wright, had a strong belief in the supernatural. She'd likely be a ghoul if Mm, I had to guess. And she was more intrigued by the photos. So in 1919, she attends a lecture on spiritualism, and then right after, she showed the picture to one of the speakers, asking him if they might be true. So the speaker brought the photos to the attention of Edward Gardner, who was a leader of this theosophical movement, who in turn asked a photographer, so these are going through person after person, the photographer, Harold Snelling, examines them, and he declared that the photos were, quote, Genuine, unfaked photographs of single exposure, open-air work, showing movement in all the fairy figures, and there is no trace, whatever, of studio work, including card or paper models, dark backgrounds, painted figures, etc. Alright. I mean, I like how these experts were just like, the term for them is fairies. He got thorough with that shit. He was like, this is a fairy figure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um... Once they receive the stamp of approval, the fairy images start circulating. (laughs) (laughs) The stamp of approval. It's just funny. Fairy Uh, stamp of approval. This guy says it's true, so they're like, this shit's real. Yeah. So the images begin circulating. I see, like, a rainbow stamp. (laughs) (laughs) They're circulating throughout the British spiritualist community and soon came to the attention of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who was the author of Sherlock Holmes. Oh. And uh, Doyle was a passionate believer in spiritualism, so he latched onto these images and is like, this is real, Mm -hmm. conclusive, photographic proof that the existence of fairies <laughs> is, it's a thing. His mushroom stamp of approval. little freaking... Kylie! Well, there you go. God damn it. It's the way it was. So, at 20s, Doyle's... You know. <laughs> at Doyle's urging, the girls took three more pictures of fairies in August of 1920. And then he wrote an article about the photographs that appeared in the December 1920 issue of The Strand magazine, in which he passionately argued for the authenticity of these pics. Yo, dude, why don't you go do your research for yourself and go get the pictures yourself, bro? True. Mm-hmm. Yeah? But no, he's going to have these little girls do his work. Obviously. It's shitty. Yeah. So, I mean, it was the 20s. It's Rude. true. Child labor. Yeah. The article brought the photos to the attention of the wider public and sparked an international controversy that pitted spiritualists against skeptics. So now, shit was really popping off. Uh-oh. The spiritualists are like, this is real. And the skeptics are like... No. No. Here we come. (laughs) So, the people who were skeptical of these images, they started noticing a lot of problems within the photos. So, in addition to the obvious one that the fairies looked like bits of paper, um, they had lots of questions. 
So in the first photo, they asked, why is Francis not looking at the fairies? We'll post these pics, by the way. Yeah. And the girls claim that they were so used to the fairies that they often paid them no attention. Oh, okay. Oh, casual. Wow. Just being the fairies. Yeah. And fairies, they're just like us. <laughs> yeah. So, and they're like, why does the second fairy from the left not have wings? Weird. <gasps> then Homeless. in another photo, they asked why Elsie's hand was like bizarrely elongated, and it was because they took a picture of Kylie's hand and put it in there. <laughs> <laughs> and Francis said it was attributed to the camera slant. Mm-hmm. And these then, girls knew about angles, right? Yeah. They 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 planned it all. So then, in the fourth photo, people were like, "Why is this fairy dressed in the latest French fashions?" <laughs> and the girls are like, "That's just how fairies are, you know, hip." Yep. I mean, why not? They're with the times. They see what y'all wear. It really do be like that sometimes. It, yeah. And so it is. Mm-hmm. So, despite all these problems, <laughs> people are still <laughs> attracted to these pics. There are more and more believers coming out, and they're like, fairies, fairies, fairies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's escapism, you know? World War One. I'm <laughs> about to get there. Oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> Peter Pan. So, literally, much of this belief is probably attributed to the fact that people were emotionally and physically bruised from the war and they needed something positive to believe in. Mm-hmm. Kylie, Wait, for real? I'm scared. Do you read my notes? No. That was spooky. For real? That's what they think? Yeah, so people just wanted something to believe in. Oh, so, okay, that's why they... Okay, I get it, yeah. I, that's that, why so many people were latching mm-hmm. onto it, not why the girls did it. Right. I don't think that... that kids right. don't think my, like that's that. That's where my mind was like, these kids were, like, emotionally distraught from the war that they created these fairies. Mm. No, but it's the public. I mean, it I could have been that, that too, but that as well. the believers, I Didn't think... the other girl's dad die in the war something? Something along those lines. She ended up with her aunt and uncle for some sad oh. reason. So, it wasn't she until... Was crazy, full in the public? No. Oh. No. <laughs> so, Punishment, it wasn't until aunt. 1978 that this guy, James Randi, pointed out that the, the fairies in the pictures were very similar to figures in a children's book called Princess Mary's Gift Book, mm. oh. which had been published in 1915, which was right before those girls started snapping them pics. Yo, Doctor, what are you doing with this book, huh? <laughs> how does he? How did he know? <laughs> it was like he caught his eye. and was like, "Oh, that, hey, that's the book I read at night." <laughs> My favorite novel. So then, <laughs> in 1981, Elsie Wright confessed to Joe Cooper, who interviewed her for the Unexplained magazine, that the fairies were, in fact, paper cutouts. <gasps> She explained that she had sketched the fairies using Princess Mary's gift book as inspiration and that she had made paper cutouts from the sketches, which she held in place with hat pins. What? So, in the second photo of Elsie and the gnome, the tip of a hat pin is actually seen in the middle of the gnome. Just the tip. And, (laughs) god damn it. So, Doyle had actually seen that dot, but he interpreted it as the creature's belly button. (laughs) Thinking that fairies are 
born just like humans. So he started arguing that fairies actually give birth like humans. So he really wanted well, to believe. Well, you know, I that's mean, how cute. else would they? So LOL, LOL, LOL. That's insane. I think that's cute. But <laughs> basically, people got played by two little ass girls and some paper fairies. Like, they're, a lot of people got played. I mean, mm-hmm. I think they're geniuses. Look what you did, you little jerks. What? <laughs> And then they played it so well. They had, like, all the answers. They had all the answers because yeah. they knew that they were full of Kids shit. Kids are smart. They were like, these are, these are real. I was a pretty good liar, but then at times I was a really bad liar. Kids love to lie. Yeah. I'm, I'm a terrible liar. Because they're bored, because they're scared, you know. I feel like I always get caught. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's And probably, I try so hard. It's probably for the best. You got probably. so far. But in the end... It doesn't even. You guys want to? You guys want to hear about another liar? Yes. This one caught my little eye. Not her little eye. Which mm-hmm. is that? The left little or the right? <laughs> what the big what? eye doing? The big eye is definitely the right, so it's got to be the left. <laughs> Yuri caught my Yuri Geller caught my left eye. Yuri Geller. Yeah. Do you guys know who he is? I've, I think I've heard the name, but only in research from today and not prior, so... <laughs> oh, wow, wow, wow. Well, for four decades, he was a television and an appearance host. Okay. Like, he okay. would, he would, like, he was an illusionist, a magician. Yeah. He was, like, and he would Chris put Angel, on mind freak. Oh right. God. He was, like, your typical magician who would Harry put shows for the people, and the people loved him for four freaking decades. An entertainer. You, do you want to know what he would do yeah. to, like, make them crazy? Yeah. His most famous? He would bend a freaking spoon. Oh, the spoon bender. He was a spoon bender. Mm-hmm. Crazy, y'all. Let me tell you a little backstory about Yuri. Because, All right. like, honestly, how did this kid hop on the stage for four decades... And start bending spoons. And bend spoons with his mind? I don't know. You know? Tell like, us. what a talent. <laughs> She's impressed. Well, Yuri was born in 1946, and he is from an, an Jewish-Israeli family. Okay. And so he kind of, he grew up mainly in Cyprus, where he attended high school and college and learned English. Cool, cool. So at the age of 18, he joined the Army, and he ended up, Getting wounded in action, so he was like, this isn't for me. I need to take another gag. And <laughs> another no gag. That's <laughs> what I say and guys, all the time. What is day job? This is how I knew he was my man. Okay. He was like, I'm going to be a photographic model. <gasps> a photographic model? Yeah, he was like, I got the face. I'm going to do this shit. I love the confidence. I mean, he had it. Even though he was wounded, he was like, I can still strike a pose. I'm hot. And I know it. And that gave him an angle, you know? Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So, from 68, 69, he was a model, you guys. We'll post a photo on the gram. But during that time, (laughs) he started to, like, perform little tricks for small audiences. Little tricks, huh? Yeah. Little tricks for a little audience. And oh. soon, hmm. soon he <laughs> became a nightclub entertainer. Ah, uh, oh, it always starts this way. It is real. <sighs> yeah. And that's when shit took off for our boy Yuri. Okay. He re- I think he really found his talents then. I guess. Yeah. Maybe. So he started to perform in theaters and public halls. These little magic tricks. 
um, where he said he would use psychic abilities oh. to, like, do these, like, spoon bendings <laughs> and, and these, like, he would, like, make psychic claims, uh-huh. you know, sometimes about sporting events. I knew you were going to say that. Oh, you did? She's a psychic, too. Shit. I try to bend things with my mind. Y'all already know about my Matilda habits. Yeah, yeah. I so. tried after the movie, and then I gave up. Oh, no, I've still uh, been doing uh, it. Uh, when did that movie come out? Like, 95. Yeah, I've been doing it for probably a long time. Well, <laughs> 23 years. 23 years. Anyways, guys. <laughs> <laughs> he was real good at it because he fooled a lot of people for a long time. Um, but this one guy, Randy, his last name's Randy, James Randy, mm-hmm. was like, hell no, I know these tricks, I've seen them before, No, I've done them in my living room, maybe, Stop. I don't know, maybe he He guessed. said that? No, he didn't. Oh. oh, God. But he was like, these are magic tricks, and they're not psychic abilities. Even the spoon bending? You can't, you are not Matilda, you cannot bend a spoon, you cannot call a horse race one have you realized you're always wrong? <laughs> Which she was. Then how did he bend the spoon? That's like those weight guessing things at the fair. How do they do it? I don't know. All right, go ahead. But he he like he played it off. He played this off for a long time. He he was even when Randy was coming against him. He was until 2001. He was appearing on TV shows. You Good guys. lord! I respect the game. I uh, respect the hustle. He was a reality TV star. He was on a competition show one time. He didn't do very well. His psychic abilities didn't oh. tell him that he sh- probably shouldn't have gone on there because he got oh. kicked right out the first day. Do you yeah. know what it was? Yeah, it's called Celebrity. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Oh, my God. I <laughs> so remember may- that. Maybe he wanted to get out. Oh, my God. I remember that. But I'm also, a celebrity. Get, get me, me out of here. here. Right. Wow. Damn. Um, he also had his, his like own shows. Where in Israel, one's oh. called the successor, where he would have contestants come on and display s- supernatural powers. Ooh. I don't know, guys, we gotta look that shit up. Anyways, he played this shit off for a long, long time. But a bunch of magicians started being like, boy, <laughs> explain this. How can I do these same misdirection magic techniques? So they were doing the same tricks with him. They were showing how he was doing this stuff. Mm. And then it started to come down that his psychic guesses were just not right. So the people were like, I don't think this is legit, dude. (laughs) That's a direct quote from the main guy who didn't believe it. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. During a telepathic drawing demonstration, Geller claimed the ability to read the minds of his subjects as they drew the picture. Although in these demonstrations he couldn't see the picture of the drawing, he did sometimes present in the room on these occasions as subjects as they drew. He, he, like, guessed them. But a critique argued that Geller... That this may allow Geller to infer common shapes and pencil movements by sound. So he was also, like, doing that. You know, they, were they like, called him out by sound. He, like, yeah. could hear the pencil movements in guest drawings. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> by November 2006, he had been given an award 
for his psychic powers. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And some journalists claimed he must have been the greatest. But, as I said, there was, like, people, like, calling him out. Who left said, right. dude, this is not legit. Yeah. Right. The other magicians. Exactly. <laughs> so, obviously, once enough people were, like, showing his tricks and, like, sh- explaining how he would do it, these basic error errors indicated that he probably had no psychic abilities. And so, uh, Geller gave way to all these fucking claims and was like, okay, you know what? I probably don't <laughs> have psychic abilities. After <laughs> he won this award? Well, yeah, in 2012 he won it. I'm lo- I've lost my page where I was... He gave up the ghost after that long? Uh-huh. Jiminy uh-huh. Cricket. Embarrassing. That is embarrassing. Really, though, how, how does Chris Angel do it? How does David Blaine do it? How Chris, do they do it? David, we know you're listening. Let us know. <laughs> I don't know. Yuri, let us know. <laughs> Add us on Instagram. Guys, I lost it. Oh, my Lord. I know. She's Bottom line is, he was proven wrong, and then he came forward and was like, you know what? You're right. These are just magic tricks. How did he do the spoon bending? The spoon bending is like a misdirection technique. Oh, so you get people to look the it's other way. It's all about the angles. I think it's like mirrors. And stuff. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't Dang. trust it. Magic I don't tricks. like it. Yeah. I'll accept it. I always wanted to be able to do magic tricks. I have a card trick that, <sighs> I'm not going to lie, it kind of blows the socks off of people. I used to have a card trick and now I can't remember it. I'll do it to you guys next time. I have a deck of cards. Show us later. Okay. Okay. Oh, you know what, guys? You I totally too. forgot to tell y'all why this was paranormal. He, did, I, did I tell you that? Why it was paranormal? That he thought he was a psychic? Yeah. Yeah. No, but, like, why he was a psychic. Oh. He got his information from aliens. Uh, no! Beautiful segue into my next story. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. <laughs> that was his bottom line, was, like, he was getting this information from aliens. How did and there were people also, like, he got, he had, like, a friend that was a like a psychologist who said he studied him and he was certain that the alien theory was correct. That psychologist but again, contact him. That psychologist he, is like the homeless guy in right, the last story. Yeah. Right. It was a like a paid in the actor. Yeah. yeah. And, but again, he was uh, proven wrong throughout the years because people could do his tricks and he wasn't guessing shit right. Yeah. I don't know how it took them 40 years to catch on. Yeah. Uh-huh. 50. How long? But, like, aliens, <laughs> I thought you guys might believe in them, so... I do. Mm-mm. I'm scared of aliens. Yeah. We should be. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'll divulge into that some more later. But I just always think of Spice Girls. <laughs> it's a good place to start. It is. That's a good gateway. Mm-hmm. It's a gateway drug. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Aliens. Mm. My next story. The voice of Vrilon... <gasps> Maybe you've heard of it? So, November 1977. Whoa. I don't know. Good times. An English broadcasting was interrupted by a supposed alien from another planet. Southern Television Network's news anchor, Andrew Gardner, was announcing the daily head- headlines, many of which were about wars. Ten minutes in, everyone's TV picture started shaking. So, picture like the old. TVs and then 
like the pictures going in and out. Newscaster Andrew Gardner was suddenly silenced and replaced by a distorted voice that chit-chatted for a good six minutes as the TV image continued as usual. Chit-chatted? Yeah, just chit-chatted. <clears throat> Talked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wait, wait, I'm confused. Oh, I was just being silly. uh it, it was a voice that was speaking. What were they saying? I'm gonna... I'm, I'm, I'm oh, okay, it. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Settle down, ladies. I was like, was it an audible chit-chat? <laughs> so while this was happening, the TV image continued... As usual, which included Looney Tunes. So, image, Looney Tunes, audio, alien. Creepy. Yeah. So the message was basically asking humankind to give up our warlike ways and embrace a more peaceful existence before it's too late. Do you want me to read a bit of it? Uh-huh. It's not going to take six minutes. They must have talked slow. I have to know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so they weren't chit-chatting. They were uh-huh. slow slow talking. Uh-huh. All right. This is the voice of Vrilon, a representative of the Ashtar Galactic Command, speaking to you. Sounds like a nerd in his basement. For many years, you've seen us as lights in the skies. I can't do the whole thing. <laughs> we speak to you now in peace and wisdom, as we have done to your brothers and sisters all over this, your planet Earth. We come to warn you of the destiny of your race and your world so that you may communicate to your fellow beings the course you must take to avoid the disaster which threatens your world and the beings on our worlds around you. This is an order that you may share in the Great Awakening as the planet passes into the New Age of Aquarius. The New Age can be a time of great peace and evolution for your race, but only if your rulers are made aware of the evil forces that can overshadow their judgments. Be still now and listen, for your chance may not come again. All your weapons of evil must be removed. The time for conflict is now past, and the race of which you are a part may proceed to the higher stages of its evolution if you show yourselves worthy to do so. We have but a short time to learn to live together in peace and goodwill. Small groups all over the planet are learning this, and exist to pass on the light of the dawning new age to you all. You are free to accept or reject their teachings, but only those who learn to live in peace will pass to the higher realms of spiritual evolution. Hear now the voice of Rulon, a representative of the Ashtar Galactic Command, speaking to you. Be aware also that there are many false prophets and guides operating in your world. They will suck your energy from you, the energy you call money, and will put it to evil ends and give you worthless dross in return. There is... There's like a paragraph, left, but you get the you get the message. Yeah, I got like, the message. Or like, okay, what do we do next? It's yeah, like that know? movie Arrival, where those big, creepy stone aliens. It's spooky, it's spooky times. Wasn't that what that was called? It was almost like it was almost like yeah, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. scared. Pretty solemn. So after Vrilin's message, the normal service was resumed, and the station apologized for a breakthrough in sound. But other news outlets were already going wild, saying aliens are about to land on this here planet Earth. Wait, what? So, yeah. Like, local news stations were like, oh my god. Yeah. It's yeah. happening. It's end of days. Yeah, they were, you know. It's the end of the world. Sensationalizing it and making it wild. They're so, really freaking people out. That freaking yellow journalism. I know. Good. I know. So, obviously, this was a hoax, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously. I mean, it, it but, was 
I don't know. But what's weird is it was very difficult to hack into a television network like this back in the day. Yeah. So whoever did this had to basically, like, jam the signal of the transmitter. How? I feel like I've heard of this, though, before. And now that when you started reading it, Mm -hmm. it all sounded familiar. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know if it was this exact story, but I've heard in like that time, I don't know, like maybe in the 80s or somebody, yeah, it was somebody like hacked a station, 80s. yeah. But, I mean, the personal computer was invented two years prior, um, in 1975, and I'm not talking about IBM's personal computer, which like coined the phrase personal computer, there was like one other one, and so, I don't know, maybe someone used that to right. intercept it, but no one has any idea of whether or not a computer was used, and that's what makes this a little weird. So the incident is cherished by those who describe themselves as Fortians. I'm, I'm unsure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I think I am. Uh, who are students of the strange and unexplained, who take their names from the American writer and research researcher uh, into strange phenomenons, Charles Fort. Fortians. Hmm. So John Repion, a Fortian <gasps> author said the following about the incident. Some people believe it wholeheartedly, of course, but even for those of us who don't, there's still something fascinating and exciting about the notion of hearing a non-human, non-terrestrial voice. An unsolved case is always much more intriguing than a solved one. Everyone loves a good mystery, and the fact that those responsible for the interruption were never caught or came forward gives the whole incident this wonderfully open-ended intrigue. This air of, what if... Yo, though, the 70s were, like, a rough time. That's wild. <laughs> for, like, law enforcement, you know? Like, they weren't figuring any shit out. I tell you what. Well, they were doing it all wrong. Yeah, that's it. They were letting evidence Fools. get fucked up. They were fucking up the evidence. <laughs> they were stomping all over crime scenes. They no, were... let me finish this burger right here before I... Greasy before finger, I, yeah. fingerprints all over. Sorry if you were in law enforcement in the 70s, but... I'm glad you've come a long way since. Have you? I How's hope time you have. Off? <laughs> okay. Wow, wow, wow. Kylie loves an alien. I do. Yeah, you do. More than you know. <sighs> More than I know. <laughs> All right, I got one for you. Have you ever heard of the Fox sisters? No, but I hey, love Foxy. a good sister tale. They were as foxy as they could be for the 1800s. Sisters, oh, hell yeah. What? 1800, yeah. 1800s. This story actually kind of meshes with the other one because there's a lot of spiritualism going mm. on. So I'll get to, I'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Fairies. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> the birth of America's spiritualist movement can actually be traced back to rural New York and the popping joints, like, of their bones of two little girls. Wait, what? Wait for it. Wait for it. So this started in 1848 when sisters Kate and Maggie Fox of Hydesville, New York, decided to play a prank on their superstitious mother. Wow, foxy sisters. So... They lived in this creaky-ass farmhouse, and it was super spooky, so rumors were already going around in town that a a murder murder had been committed there, and the body was buried in the cellar. Wow. Classic. So the kids are like, we're going to play this shit up. God. So 
At the time, Maggie was 14 and Kate was 11. And uh, that's the age, man. They start, <laughs> they start freaking spooking around. The girls started tying strings around apples, and at night they'd bounce the apples along the stairs, which made like a spooky ass sound. Same. And the thumbs would echo through the house, and they were just trying to scare their mom. Like all of this was to scare their mom. What did she do to them? I'll she never know. Them. Right. So as the prank continued. They expanded their repertoire to cracking the joints of their big toy, big toes, which made this like weird rapping sound, Ew. like when you like knock on a table or something. Um, oh God! I had a friend who could, Kylie. who could like crack all her knuckles. So the mom never even suspected the daughters, <laughs> and she's like, "Shit's weird. This has to be a ghost." True. D- of course. Mom. So she she was down with that gotcha. explanation. Gotcha, mom. So on March thirty first, Mrs. Fox lit a candle and searched the home for the spirit. Mm. Girl, what? She ended up in her daughter's shared bedroom. Wait, was she like following a noise? I'm not sure what was she, she like- was following. But <laughs> wait for it. Hello. So Maggie or Margaret as as she was first called, um, they had two options. Tell the truth or commit to the ghost story. They chose the spooky life. Mm. Bitches. Yeah. Oh, so, witches. <laughs> Kate addressed this spirit as Mr. Splitfoot, and she said <laughs> to him, do as I do. So she clapped her hands four times, and then they heard four Raps is what they would call them. So four little knocking sounds. Huh. So Mrs. Fox is terrified and she asks the spirit to count to ten. So then they hear ten raps. Okay, so they get these ten raps and the mom's like, shit. So then she asks the spirit to reveal the number of children she has born and the ages of each. And the spirit does it. (laughs) So she keeps asking these questions. She keeps getting the correct answer. So then she asks the spirit, if I were to call our neighbors, might you talk with them? And the spirit agrees to it. Can I interject? Yeah. I'm sorry if you did mention this, but are the daughters there with her? Yes. Or are they pretending to be the ghosts? No, they're in in the bedroom with her. With her. She's in their room. Raps. Well, they are because it's their joints popping. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Dang. But she can't tell that it's, like, right there with her. No, because they're so, like, you don't think of someone's toes popping like that. Yeah. So. Mm. 1848, you know? Yeah. So, news starts spreading about these mysterious fox sisters and their ability to communicate with the dead. They're basically mediums, is what they're claiming. So, they're... Older sister, Leah, is a 33-year-old divorcee. Wow. I don't know how this age discrepancy is quite a lot. But um, she's living in Rochester, and she hears about her sister's talents, and she's like, I'm about to make me some money, Chris Kardashian-Jenner style. (laughs) I mean, the foxes are, the foxes are, uh... Or something, huh? These yeah. ladies. Yeah, so she becomes their manager, and she's touring these little girls all over the place. So, wow. so 
she takes him to Syracuse, and then she takes him to Albany, and then they sail down the freaking Hudson River to the Big Apple. And all they're fucking Dang. doing is popping their joints Wait, on stage? Just, yeah. So... get so far. Me too. The Can sisters, they conducted hundreds of seances for the city's elite mm-hmm. authors, artists, rich people. You name it, they had seances with them. By 1850, these sisters were not just, like, the talk of the town. They were actually starting the American spiritualist movement. Like, this is really where it all started. Huh. So. What? People weren't into ghosts before the foxes? They, they were, but this was, like, giving them, like, the steam they really needed to believe. Uh, Like. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, with their fame, though, came its usual consequences. All three sisters developed heavy drinking problems, and Leah's control over them just became more and more extreme as they were touring. She's getting a taste of fame. She's like, it's all going to her head. She's not even the talented one. My God. She She can't even pop a toes. (laughs) She's 33. (laughs) So, the... um, the nation's obsession with spiritualism triggered an explosion of flashier medium, mediums, and the foxes became, like, old news. People were like, oh, forget no. about these freaks. So, yeah. Because they're just popping shit to answer questions. Yeah. But no one knew that. People still believed in it. Hmm. So, in 1888, Maggie, estranged from the others, accepted $1,500 from a reporter to admit that her life as a medium had all been a sham. Damn. Damn, sold out. Yeah. Fifteen hundred in eighteen eighty eight. That's a lot of money. It yeah. is, but like you sold your fam down the river, y'all. Yeah. So on October twenty first, I'm guessing this is of eighteen eighty eight. Yeah. <laughs> Margaret stood before this packed auditorium at the New York Academy of Music and demonstrated every supposed deceit that she had performed during her seances. Including the signature wrapping of her popping toe joint. Oh my god. You know how much she could pay for that one? The people also learned of this table that the foxes had made, which was specifically made to produce those knocking sounds. So what would happen was there was a spring that was connected to a metal rod in, like, underneath the top of the table. And when you would push on the table, the rod would hit the inside of the table and make that knocking sound. Mm-hmm. So, she concluded that evening by denouncing spiritualism as, quote, the greatest curse the world has ever known. Dang. Wow. People were fucked up. So, obviously the world, like, turned its back on these girls, and, um, though Margaret ended up withdrawing that confession, she was like, I made it all up, it was real. people were shitting on her it didn't do anything to save their careers and within five years all three of the women died of alcoholism not a cent to their name and they were all buried in pauper cemeteries so if you guys will remember they said that someone was buried in the walls of that house oh so here's a twist So, years later, a group of kids were playing in the ruins of the Fox House, 
and in the cellar they found this crumbling wall and behind it was a human skeleton. Uh-oh. So doctors examined the remains and estimated that they were well over 50, 50 years old, lending credence to the ghost story that first inspired Kate and Margaret to start fucking with their mom. Whoa. And had the people talking. But, um... Later reports detailed that was just a few rib bones, it wasn't a complete skeleton, and then others claimed that they had just been planted there to, like, ah. give mm. give a little more oomph to the story, give a little more, yeah. make the people believe again. So. Oh, I could see that, but also, I could see not. She yeah. could see it, but she could also, could also see not that. see it. <laughs> wow. Anyhow. Anywho. Those are some crazy stories. They are crazy. Um, yeah. So, wow. Did anyone have anything else? I have, like, a snippet, but, like, I'm not gonna stay too long in it, because shit's obviously fake. Oh. Okay. Well. (laughs) Dude, the Loch Ness Monster. Ugh. Obviously. Scottish folklore, like, come on. Like, I don't believe, I mean, there's so many people with bullshit stories that are all proven wrong. Like, all the photos and things. The photos, even even the stories from like way back in in five hundred sixty five. Five hundred sixty five. What a year! I'm thinking A D. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe B C. <laughs> By um yeah Saint Columba, the life of Saint Columba. I don't know. He he this guy named Adaminon wrote this book about an Irish monk who had been like he was taken away by the Loch Ness monster mm-hmm. apparently what he said was this guy was swimming down the river and was attacked by a water beast which what you know <laughs> and although they tried to rescue him with a boat he was just dead and the beast was gone but guys he probably just drowned swimming yeah sure. yeah anyways um, some say, back in 1871, there was a guy that said that he saw the monster, um, wriggling and churning up the water, and it just disappeared at a fast rate. And, and this Mackenzie guy wasn't in, um, whatever, wherever this Irish monk was, swimming in a river. So, like, is the Loch Ness Monster hopping? Well, he can swim. Hopping, hopping, but he's, like, from a river to, like, to the ocean? Well, there is the theory that he can move between because there are, um, like, caves beneath that connect. Yeah, channels that connect the ocean to the lakes. But it's balloon, balloon, balloon. She said it's balloon. I'm telling you balloon because listen, George <laughs> Spicier, he really kicked it off in 1933 for the people, saying that he saw the monster cross the road in front of his car. <laughs> no, that's when he took so it too now far. He's on land, you can't take y'all. him out of the water. Who, who are you trying to tell me now? I'm scared. And listen to this: his body was four feet high. He was, was 25 feet long. Oh. He was. He had a wavy, narrow neck. He's thick. Slightly thicker than an elephant's trunk. He sounds really disproportionate. <laughs> and he was as long as the freaking road, y'all. This is baloney. Only four feet tall, though? Yo, but George got the people That's moving. Bad, he yeah. got the people moving and grooving is in it? 1933. What? We're just 
your guess is right. Talking logistics here. Got it. <laughs> well, that's what kicked everybody off was George and his damn road story, George. which really, really killed it for me. Yeah. You know? But Hugh Gray got a supposed photograph yeah. in the same year. I've seen that pic. Um, it's slightly blurry, so... Uh, <laughs> I we really don't know, but it's in the water, and it's and it's of the monster's like head sticking out. But he had his dog with him that day, hmm. so a lot of people are like, "Dude, is that your dog's head in the water?" <laughs> yeah, <good to> also, uh, some people say it could have been like a stick or like a branch or whatever, mm-hmm. and it, you know, it's you just can't tell. A large turtle. Yeah, exactly. A long boy. A long boy. A motorcyclist in 34 said he almost hit the creature. On the road? (laughs) Dude, he was on the fucking road again. (sighs) (sighs) According to Grant, it had a small head attached to a long neck, and the creature saw him. He crossed the road and went into the darkness. I thought he had flippers for feet, like paddle-like feet. Well, he's on the frickin' road, man. He's like a frickin' sea lion? Yeah, there was another photograph (laughs) in 34, the surgeon's photograph. Uh Uh-huh. This is a real popular one, I guess. Um, He was, according, it was by Wilson, his last name's Wilson, Robert Wilson. Mm Mm-hmm. He was a gynecologist. What's he doing? He was, yeah, he was just taking photos. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) But according to Wilson, he was looking at the the monster when he grabbed his camera, snapped four photos, only two came through. (laughs) So, all right. And it shows a small head and a back, and the second one shows the head in a diving position into the water, but both are pretty blurry. So... What are you gonna do? Huh. What are you gonna do? The I, they all think the the photo is a, an elaborate hoax. The surgeon's photo. What happened? Kylie broke her hand. She did. That scared me. Sorry. It shook. <laughs> she shook. Anyways, there's um there was a film in thirty eight three minutes in uh, in color. Too. Oh. That's a, so. That's pretty exciting. It was really popping in the '30s, but not much <laughs> since. <laughs> Maybe he died. <gasps> what? Maybe, Maybe the, the Loch Ness. No, it really was popping in the '30s, but like, um, it went. All, I mean, it's still going on today. Bottom line is, it's bullshit. You don't hear about it as much now, though. Yeah. No. The last time I'm, there I'm was scared. a there was a Google Street View in 2015. <laughs> what? <laughs> he was on the fucking street again. How do I not no. know about no, this? Is there a photo? No, it's Google it, it Google's 81st anniversary of the surgeon's photograph with a Google Doodle added a new feature to Google Street View, which viewers can explore the lock above the water. So it's bullshit. <laughs> Emily says, bottom line, balone, balone, balone. Balone, balone. Bullshit. Dude, he can't go. There's no... Is this, like, some, like, hero? 
you know? Like monster hero or like monster villain maybe that has tunnels underground and then crosses roads. I don't know. I'm honestly scared of any water and, monster. And, and, and like the only known killing is an Irish monk. So I'm not, I don't like him. I'm, I'm just confused, people. I'm just scared, people. You got it twisted. That's all I gotta say. I'm twisted. I'm a little twisted. Yo, today was rough. My stories were not well researched, obviously. But you know what? But I did they the were. damn thing, and that's what I did. She did it and, with heart, and, and she did it with style. There's more hoaxes out there for me to There are so many hoaxes out there. I mean, for real. For real. For real. We're gonna kill it again. We are. Okay. I'm gonna start this off by saying big shout out to our newest patron, Adam. Yeah. What up, what up, what up? What up, Adam? What a true up? star. A true star. We appreciate you. And we love you. Yeah. Thank so you. much. This is I'll tattoo you on my right thigh. Speaking of, when this episode comes out on Thursday, we'll be getting Tat- tattoos Tat- that day of ghosts. By our nearest and dearest, Johnny Van Botna. And if you don't know about him, he is stupid talented. Stupid talented. Stupid talented. A real artiste. True. Especially with these ghost tattoos, Uh y'all. If you have always wanted a ghost tattoo, this is the guy for you. Honestly, we are freaking lucky ducks. We really are. We're super, super, super excited. And he's the best and the loveliest and the spookiest. He's going to spook it up with his ghouls on Thursday. And you guys better, too. Also. Wow, we just got to have... We have a lot of exciting stuff happening. Yeah, we do. Are we ready to tell the people where we're going next? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I think it's time. All right. In a few weeks, we're headed to... Drumroll. We're going to San Antonio. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to see all the spooky shit. We're doing an investigation of the Menger Hotel. Dude. We're probably going to do a ghost tour because I'm a a sucker for a ghost tour. Hit up some haunted restaurants, bars, you name it, we're going there. And if you guys have any suggestions, let us know because we want to check it out. Check it out. Check it out. But yeah, for real, we're going to do a real investigation. Real. At the main. We're getting more tools. We're doing it. We're doing tools, guys. We're getting, we're getting all We've got a K2 meter coming. We've got dowsing rods. We've got haunted suite. Oh, that's something else. He died in his own bed. So we're scared, but we're pumped. Pumped. And that's it. Usually how I feel. Um, We are going to upload videos for you guys. Patrons will get exclusive videos. So So you better become one. If you thought it was time to become a patron, it is. It's that time, you guys. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Oh, also, are are they getting a... No, I don't know. Patrons, look out for videos. They're coming your way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Until next time, stay spooky. Why did the Loch Ness cross the road? Oh, my God, why? To get to... Uh To get to the other side. I do. Oh.